0: Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin.
1: Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At PodBrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Brent Bowers.
0: Brent, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Hey, I'm excited to be here. I love Rising Tides because they bring up all the ships, they bring up <laughs> See, everything. Honestly, <laughs> and that
1: wasn't even a plan. I didn't have to send him five bucks to say that on the on the intro. But uh, I do believe that in the five years I've done this, so I think that was the longest pre chat I've ever done with a with a guest because I think we just forgot what we were supposed to be on here for. We we're just talking and and uh, just just spending time and just get, getting to enjoy each other. But Man, if you and I met at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me?
0: Oh, man. Uh, my name is Brent Bowers. I'm a passive income land investor. I don't know. That's it. I'm a, I'm a Christian husband, father. And uh, another thing I like about Rising Tides is like, you can't see who's naked. When the tide goes out, you see who's naked.
1: <laughs> yeah. We we'd like to cover all that up with our rising tide for sure, especially at my age. But uh, one thing I I'm curious, so nobody just wakes up, you know, just overnight saying, I think I'm going to be a passive income land investor. So what was the journey that
0: kind of led you to this? Yeah, I was running from a problem. I was really running from a problem. I, So I started out in real estate in 2007, 2008, darn near made me homeless, 2009, I was homeless, and um, moved in with my in-laws, I couldn't afford my rent, and went from a business owner to a real estate agent, having an investment property to, (laughs) can't afford my rent, I have to move in with my in-laws, so I joined the military, And I I was trying to reset my life, honestly, and go back to school and did a couple combat deployments back to back. Like first one was one year. Second one was supposed to be nine months. It turned into be only four months. And I was always just training constantly away from home. First marriage didn't last. You know, that one, I was just gone all the time. Mm -hmm. Found a beautiful new lady. You know, we got married, started having babies. And guess what? Combat deployment number three was coming. I was training up. And I was about to be gone from my family for another year, and I just couldn't stomach it. I mm. didn't want history to repeat itself. So I was just that guy working 13 hours a day, coming home. I would literally leave the house before my baby would wake up. well, <laughs> And I would stay up all night long with the baby because the baby was up all night long, you know, mm. newborns. Yeah. And I would leave the house before the baby officially woke up and my wife. And then I would get home, and the baby would already be in bed. So it's like, I just don't want to keep going down this path. So I was searching for answers. I was listening to Tim Ferriss's four-hour work week yep. on Audible. I turned my my commute into what I call my mobile university. And then I started listening to all these podcasts, like the Rising Tide Startup Podcast and searching for answers. And I heard a guy talking about land flipping and I had just read the four-hour work week like the, mm-hmm. for the third time. And I was like, I can do this. So I immediately started taking action, and a lot of people listen to podcasts. There's so much education out there, but they don't take the action. Yeah. It's like here's my suggestion for anybody listening to this: if you're on your commute or your ride home, or you're listening to this in the office when you should be working, <laughs> you know, write down a sentence or two of the action step you're going to take, and then the next step is time block that for later on that evening. You know, get rid of Netflix or on the weekend. Like I have a student named Will Lowry. He said we spend our weekends building the life of our dreams, rather than spending our weekends, you know, running from and suppressing and drinking away our lives that we have. What a, what a great
1: comment. I, and it's, I, I, I I probably stole this from somewhere, but, uh, there's this phrase that says information without application is just noise, you know, and exactly what you were just saying. I mean, so few people actually take that and apply it and and actually act on execute you know, on the ideas. So, you were listening to this podcast. Can you mention who that was or can you remember yeah, who that was? I'll give him
0: credit. His name was Mark Podolsky. Former and guest I'm, on Rising Tide. What's that? Former guest on Rising Tide. There you go. And I heard him. And yep. I, this was back in early 2016. I immediately took action that day. I started mailing the tax delinquent list, people that were behind on their back, mm. on behind on their taxes for their land. I immediately started mailing them a postcard that said, hey, my name's Brent. I'd like to buy your land in El Paso County, Colorado, because I was stationed at Fort Carson at the time. If you're interested in all cash, fair price offer, call me or text me, God bless you. And if anybody wants a copy of that postcard, you can have it by going to thelandsharks.com forward slash postcard. It's yours. I've bought millions of dollars worth of land with that postcard. Now I've changed it up a little bit, I've got some better strategies that work a lot better for me, and I can mention those on the show and give all those resources. But I want people to be able to take action and start doing this tonight. How do you get the tax delinquent list? You call the county treasurer or the county tax collector. You know, depending on what state you're in, just figure out who's in charge of the list of people that are not paying their taxes on their property. Now, and uh, that's we, public record, I'm assuming.
1: In, in yeah, across the across the country, or
0: in, in just certain jurisdictions. Yeah, there's over 3300 counties, they're all a little different, but yeah, that's public record because the county wants people to buy those back taxes. They want yeah. people to pay those back taxes and they pay you an interest rate. Now, I'm not paying those back taxes. I don't care about that 12% interest or whatever they're paying. I want that land that mm-hmm. I can buy for like 20,000 or 5,000 and sell it for three times, you know, what I paid for it. Like that's way better than 12% interest for multiple years. Um, can yeah, owner selling and I did, a I'm bunch sorry, of go ahead, finish your story. I'll ask a question in a minute. Yeah, sorry about it. that.
1: So like, let's say that I own land and I'm behind on, on taxes. Is there in practicality, is there a lien against that? I mean, or can they sell it and still be delinquent on their taxes?
0: Or how does that work? The, the owner of the land, even yeah. though they're behind on taxes, right? Until that deed goes out of their name. They can do whatever they want. They own the property. I don't care. So, like Colorado, once they get three years behind, it's called, it goes into what's called deed eligible. Now, the tax lien investor can go and file for that deed or it goes to auction and someone can go and Mm -hmm. buy it at auction, which I don't do that. I don't recommend starting that way because you can't get title insurance. On this land, what is title insurance for anybody? It's like, what the heck is that? Mm-hmm. It's basically an insurance policy where a title insurance company checks to make sure there's no liens or encumbrances or breaks in the chains of title, because you don't want to just buy a piece of land that someone else owns. No, like, that's scary. There's a lien against it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was my my question specifically
1: was like, the owner that is delinquent on their taxes, do they can they they can still sell that? piece of land but there would be a like a tax lien against it or
0: absolutely uh, yeah if you buy it you need to pay that tax lien off but if you buy it through a title insurance company which i didn't use to i made a lot of mistakes in the beginning But the title insurance company will make basically make sure that those taxes are paid because they want a clean slate basically
1: yeah that is that is that's that's interesting because you know you hear this all the time you you know there are tiktok videos about people go just you know buy buy land that the taxes are delinquent you know everybody's trying to do something similar to this whether it's cars whether it's land whether it's boats you know whatever but the idea that you can have this as public record i'm assuming that the, the realtors out there land investors are they already have a lot of these maybe these government you know, officials like, I I hate to say in their back pocket, but at least on speed dial, so they can kind of grab these at
0: pennies on the dollar. So how does that, how do you compete with that? Kevin, you wouldn't believe it. There's virtually no competition in this business. You know, I, uh, you just would not believe it. a lot of realtors they pass up land a lot of people drive past land every day and they don't invest in it they don't buy it because they don't know a way to make money with it yeah. how awesome. you make money with vacant raw land you buy it or at, at a discount or some type of discount and you sell it for a little bit more like mm-hmm. one man's trash turns into another man's treasure now the reason why i've t- i brought up tax back taxes on land and that's how i started just because that's all i knew at that time mm-hmm. i was thinking you know Who is saying they don't want their land right now? Okay, people behind on taxes. And I, I heard Mark on the podcast talking about he went to tax auctions. Like well, I don't know anything about that, but I know that I can send a letter to people that are behind on taxes, mm-hmm. and my phone blew up. Now, that's a very small list of people, and you run out of deals fairly quickly that way. Yep. There's other ways to do it as well. I mean, I'm buying five acres in da- Daytona Beach. Hopefully, we close next Monday. We were supposed to close today, but there was a little bit of a uh, document issue. Long story short, I'm buying five acres in Daytona Beach, Florida for like half the value. Like it's nuts. And this person is not behind on taxes. She lives down the streets. So a lot of people only mail out of state owners that are behind on taxes. That's a very small list. Mm-hmm. So, like, where I'm looking for land is where the land's in high demand and they don't necessarily have to be behind. They're just, like this lady's just getting old. Like she's done. Like she's yeah. tired of uh, you know hustling, and she's a yeah. hustler. <laughs> I think there's a there's
1: a misnomer that uh, I think most of us, yeah, you know, us mere mortals in the the in this business, that think, you know what, everybody is is wanting and, and valuing their own property at at top dollar. And I think you, I remember listening to a story that you, on another podcast that you had done about a, a certain trailer hitch in your garage. I would love for you to just share that really briefly, but that, that it
0: was just so eye-opening when I heard that story. So can you share that right now? Yeah. Every once in a while, like all men, our garages get dirty and nasty and we're just like sick of walking through it. And, uh, it gets to about the point when I see my wife pull her car in there and she starts hitting stuff. And That's, run over go, something. That's right. Time to clean the garage so like this hitch it's a uh, I got it was a bnw fifth wheel hitch i think i paid almost like fifteen hundred dollars for this hitch and then it cost me another fifteen hundred to install it in my truck i had the dually sitting in the in the driveway and like i i was no longer pulling the camper i sold the dually got another truck and i took that hitch out i'm like this is not going with the truck i i traded that thing in like they took it and they sold it for more i don't care like I knew they were gonna make a profit on it. Same thing with my land sellers. They don't give a crap if I'm gonna make a profit on it as long as I make it speedy and convenient yep. and easy for them. Yep. So and you make it fun. So, anyhow, that hitch, like I had stubbed my toe on it before, <laughs> and like, it was it losing was,
1: value quick.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was taking up space. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, no, there's bicycles and surfboards all in my garage. And I was like, you know what? And I can't remember what I put on Facebook marketplace, but I think it was maybe 300 bucks. And I literally had probably 18 messages that day of people like, I'll take it. I was like, listen, come get it. And I only messaged one person and he came and got it. $300 cash was beautiful in my hands, (laughs) not because it was the cash, but it's because I just freed up a bunch of space in my garage. And it's only a fifth wheel hitch, but it was like two pieces. But that's the same thing with, with land. Like it's like, I no longer needed it.
1: And now here's a quick word from one of our new sponsors on Rising Tide Startups. Have you been wanting to start a podcast, but not sure where to start? Well, now you can start a podcast in less than 24 hours. I'm David Ezell, and I'll walk you through all of the things that you need to get started today. Things like how to choose the right microphone, how to edit your audio, and how to find guests and build a pipeline of future guests. This course does a great job of keeping things high level while also diving into the things that keep most people from starting. Even better, if you use the code RISING at checkout, you'll get 20% off your purchase. But that's only if you use the code RISING at checkout. What are you waiting for? Start your podcast today. And it's a convenience of, or the inconvenience of saying, you know, let's say you have a lot down the street that you have to keep mowed, you know, or you have to, Whatever the the keep people off of it, make sure people aren't dumping trash on it, whatever. So, there you're you're removing some of those those inconveniences, you know, for people that that have land that they don't have a good use for. But one of my side passions is the tiny house movement. I really love that. And when I hear about you know you looking for land and raw land and ha- and the need that tiny house owners are always looking for places to park you know these tiny houses because there are regulations against where they can be parked and how they can you know be used but have you have you made that connection at all with like land you purchased in any way in kind of the tiny house movement no
0: not that i know of a lot of my land buyers the people that are paying me uh, payments, payments have roughly about 69 payments coming in from land buyers uh, we don't allow them to build on it until they pay the land off so you know, I couldn't tell you honestly, and that's I part of the contract. Uh, yeah, that's if they do. If we do a contract, we we do something called the contract for deed, or some states it's called a land contract. Mm-hmm. You just want to be just have your like a foreclosure attorney direct you which one to use. We don't allow them to lay their head there at night. Now they can improve it like fences and wells mm-hmm. and driveways and I don't know whatever, whatever else they can do to improve it. That's fine. As long as they're not putting like a shed or a, like a house on it. Now there's some land, the my more expensive land that I sell I do end up transferring the deed and then I just hold a mortgage on it where I'm the mm-hmm. bank and a, a deed of trust or whichever state I'm in deed of trust for Colorado or a promissory note and a mortgage for Florida. Now they technically can do whatever they want because they like, they actually own land. It's in right, their name, right. the deed transferred. And I'm just a bank. Yep.
1: What's the, what's the downside or what, why is that restriction built into the process?
0: yeah because i'm still the owner of it on the contract for deed i prefer to be only the bank because the banks like mm-hmm. if you broke your neck if you jumped off my roof and tried to get, jump into the pool and hit the pool deck like and i have a mortgage on my house like you're not going to go after my mortgage company mm-hmm. you're going to come after me because i'm the deeds in my name yeah so it's the same thing with a contract for deed or a land contract you know i recommend people have an umbrella policy. Uh, you know, just to kind of cover for things like that. And then here's the thing as well: like when I transfer the deed, I usually get a bigger down payment. Like anytime I've gotten over five thousand dollars down payment from a buyer, I generally don't have any issues. It's when mm-hmm. it's when I get less than that. Yeah. Eventually, I might have to take that land back, and sometimes I'm even profitable already on the for for the land when mm-hmm. I take it back, which is yeah. kind of the dirty part about this business. Well, I mean,
1: I guess it matters a lot on what you bought it for you know what you acquired it for because that's and that
0: that margin could be really wide from the very beginning but and i did i've done a bunch of small ones too like Mm -hmm. that's kind of what got me my start and i'd love to i'd love to talk about those for anybody it's like oh i don't have a pile of cash i don't have any money i don't have any time well when i started in 2016 i didn't have any money i was a broke second lieutenant that had just moved across the country we had just bought a house like literally my first land deal was 285 dollars from that mm. first additional mailing that was a retired CPA that mm. sold me that land, and I flipped it to a realtor for 5000 Like, wow. I thought I hit the jackpot! Yeah, literally, I did but hit the I, jackpot. I was
1: gonna say, on a rate of return, uh, you may not have been able to replicate that on any deal that you had since then. I can't even count that high. I don't know <laughs> what <how laughs> a rate of return that is.
0: That is that. So, what does the $285 piece of property look like? I'll tell you, it was in Palmer Lake, Colorado. It was actually two lots on Lake Avenue. And these these, uh, properties were not buildable because there was only one ingress, one egress. So basically what I'm saying is there was only one road in, one road out. And the fire department wouldn't allow the city to basically allow people to build there. So Basically, they were beautiful lots. They were overlooking the Pike National Forest. So that's what a $285 lot looks like. The next one I bought that the next week, like three days later, like the, off, the next week was for $500. And this was five acres in Colorado Springs. For anybody that's familiar with Colorado Springs, it was just south of NORAD on Highway 115 wow. to the west of Fort Carson. And this was almost five acres. It was like 4.99 or something like that but it was surrounded by state park. Well, the seller didn't find it. She thought it was worth nothing. She's like, I don't know what you want. Like I remember her words. She was like 85 years old. Her husband was a stock trader. She, he had purchased it and he passed away. Mm -hmm. And she said, I don't know what you want with this godforsaken land. Like this woman lived in Denver, Colorado. I drove up there to buy it from her. I was actually dropped my wife and my son off at the airport. And I drove to her house to buy it. I tried to negotiate with her even more, but she wanted a 500 and that was it. She wouldn't take more or less. She named the price hmm. and I didn't think it was worth much because it was landlocked. I was thinking mm-hmm. maybe a hunter will want it. So I drove out there, took photos, mm-hmm. and then got stopped by the state park patrol guy or whatever, um, Yogi Bear. <laughs> and he said, listen, you're trespassing. You can't be on it. I was like, well, I was going to take pictures of my land. And I was like, how do I get to my land? He's like, you might, ha- you might need a helicopter next time because you can't go on state park to go to your land. I was like, okay. So I put the photos on Craigslist that afternoon. The next day, Sunday, I had a buyer for $500 down and 400 a month. That was how I started my passive income journey and by by about a year into I was at 9,000 a month and wow. I was like, put in my resignation for the military and got the heck out. Yep. That
1: that is amazing.
0: And well, I've got one more question.
1: And Then we I want to dive in a little bit what you were just talking about just a second ago, but how do you how do you keep people from squatting on this type this land from dumping trash on it i mean do you not keep land long enough for those those types of issues to come up or you know how do you kind of safeguard that
0: yeah i've done 356 land deals i'm looking at my board at this point and i've had trash dumped on two of them um one i actually just paid 600 dollars to remove it was a cancellation of contract for deed it was on a, a there was a a dilapidated condemned house on this parcel of land. And someone moved the guy, the owner, I'm sorry, the buyer that was paying me every month. And this is in Pennsylvania, Finleyville, Pennsylvania, moved into this, this dilapidated structure. And the police called me and said, hey, no one's allowed to live here. It's condemned. I said, okay. So we gave him a bunch of warnings. And then finally, after six months, we said, we got to cancel the contract, like mm-hmm. your breach of contract, because the police wanted uh, the permission to run him off. So we said, listen, cancellation contract. And he left a bunch of garbage. So we paid a a company 600 bucks to go remove it all. They were amazing. They made it clean. And then the first time it happened to me (laughs) was in a metropolitan district. It was like a HOA community type thing. Mm -hmm. And the metropolitan district manager called me and said, Hey, what's going on? Like the lady said, you can let you let her live on. It. It's like a gypsy camp out here. There's tents, there's, there's refrigerators, there's uh, generators. And I called her, I was like, Oh my God, like you can't live on the land. She goes, well, your salesperson I had a land sales specialist back then. Your salesperson said that I can live on it. And I said, Oh, well he was wrong. Like we'll give you a full refund if you want. So we Waited for her to remove everything, and then we gave her her money back. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't happen anymore because I, I'm I'm trying to sell more of this through real estate agents, yep. and we're doing more of transferring the deed where I'm the bank, so I don't get those calls.
1: <laughs> yeah, and as you learn and, and your deals, I guess increase maybe in value too. The oh, just yeah. the risk that you have it's a it's a different different market that you're you're dealing
0: with. But there's yeah, I'm curious about that. There's been land that i bought back because it increased in value so much and the buyers were getting behind on it and i was like listen i'll send you a check just i'll take the land right back Sold so it's, it for like twice the amount
1: <laughs> can you build that in your contract can you build a it's almost like you know calling a loan or whatever you can say you know what if the, if, if uh we choose to do this we'll give you
0: a reduced rate on the front end but if we choose to we could buy it back yeah yeah there's something the banks do it all the time it's called a deed in lieu of foreclosure mm-hmm. but they have to be like delinquent yeah, well, not necessarily. Like you know, you could put anything you want to a contract. Now I was I'm just thinking attorney. like if it
1: appreciates. You know, if it if yeah. like the land really appreciated, it would be an opportunity. Now, I mean, I'm th- my my character, my internal character said that'd really be bad. You know, because no, essence, yeah. you're, you're pinning this person down that could benefit from appreciation because I I you know tricked him in a contract. So yeah, yeah, I, it, yeah. I don't want to encourage a- anyone to do that. that's bad, bad business,
0: bad. Bad juju right there. Don't you do have that. that feeling? That's what, how you tell yourself, absolutely not. Like, no doubt I about this. Would I, I tell, tell my grandmother I did this? Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> nope. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. No,
1: I, yeah, I was just thinking out loud and I'm thinking that just doesn't even sound right when I'm saying it. So, uh, man, I love it. I love the just the idea of being able to do that. And I think that, you know, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it is, it seems like that you know we would view the you know you serving as the bank as as very risky but i don't think you you really have that same mentality so what is it about you know you carrying a note or whatever that is that there's not the the risk that we would
0: you know that the average person out there would think you are assuming yeah, I'll tell you. Like the banks are the like the biggest, prettiest buildings in every city and every state. And I don't claim to be the smartest person. I just follow what smart money does. And what do banks make? They make a lot of profit. And what do they do with that profit? They re-lend it out. And basically, their their profit is their little babies. And their babies are making more babies. So there's a reason why banks win. So I'm just trying to replicate that model. You know, I do 30 year mortgages on some of my land. Like people are looking at me like I've got four eyeballs when I say that. Well, let me tell you, the banks have set up a 30 year mortgage on a $200,000 loan at 6% interest. Yep. That 30 year mortgage, you pay back over 420 grand. That's not really 30. That's not really, you only borrowed 200. Why are you paying back $420,000? And then if you, and if you sell it, I'm sorry, if you look in your first seven years of the amortization schedule, mm-hmm. you're pretty much paying all interest. So I know that most of my land buyers are probably going to sell it within like five to six years. And the banks know that too. They mo- they know people move every five to seven years. So they front and load that interest. So I'm just following their model. Yeah. So if they sell it in five years or they, they get a bank loan or construction loan to build that house on it. Mm-hmm. Like I've been collecting pretty much pure interest. And I mean, it's not like,
1: like you said, you're not building on it. You're not de- destroying the land itself. I mean, changing the value is is pretty difficult to do on land that just kind of, it's like unencumbered and doesn't have anything on it. So what do people do with land that they can't build on, that they can't, can't access, they have to land a helicopter to get yeah. to?
0: What's the value of that type of land? Yeah, I'll tell you, you know, like that, for instance, that realtor that purchased it for me was just speculating. I think she sold it later on for about $20,000. Did did I feel ripped off? Absolutely not. She helped me big time in life back then. That guy that bought that uh, landlocked land for me, he just wanted a place to go and sit and turkey hunt. You know, I've sold land to truck drivers that was not buildable because it wasn't big enough in Colorado. You need an acre in Colorado. So I was like just short of an acre on one of my buys. And I bought it for 600, sold it to a truck driver for, for 1800. So 3X, like paid 600, got 1800. You know, I was just trying to 3X and 4X and 5X my mm-hmm. money, and then it turned into more seller financing. Yep. Uh, so it, it's it's all types, you know. We've got seven acres right now. It's really close to the waters, a lot of wetlands. And the seller is allowing us 15 years to pay him for the land at 5% interest. And he's also giving us six months to find our buyer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to basically, what we we've already have a letter of intent from a buyer for $239,000. We're buying it for about one hundred and fifty, And our buyer is going to pay us 12% interest for 30 years. Wow. So our buyer's payment is going to be 2200 a month. My payment's a 1000 a month. Yep. Yeah, that's and um, that, that's
1: how you cash flow. That's how you passively, you know, create income. So land, yeah, with land
0: you could be profitable immediately and forever. So mm-hmm. houses, rental houses, they're never they're not like that. Like there's yeah. always something breaking, yep. there's always a tenant problem or like we just replaced a a sewer line in one of our rental properties and like you know, I'll pick up rental properties because they help me on taxes. Like my tax bill is outrageous because we're making money in land. So I gotta mm-hmm. put that cash flow to another cash flowing asset. But in, in three weeks, I replaced a sewer line, a furnace, and gutters all on one property. I looked at my my PL. I was like, I'm not gonna be profitable for 84 months on this house. And that's if not another single thing breaks and the tenant doesn't leave. Yep. <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's nuts, it's but I'm profitable immediately on this land deal because I'm gonna get I'm gonna get a down payment of thirty thousand. Mm. My down payment to my seller is is only fifteen thousand. I'm gonna get roughly almost twelve hundred a month in cash flow for fifteen years. And after that fifteen years, I'm gonna get twenty two hundred a month in cash flow. So I looked at the numbers. I'll make six hundred and two thousand dollars on that one land deal with none of my own money.
1: Yeah, that that's that's crazy. And I, it's interesting. I mean, it would be interesting to have just another episode where all we would do would just listen to lessons you've learned, you know, over the, like, things I wouldn't do again, you know, type things. Let's like, do it. I mean, obviously, they haven't been that severe because you haven't, you know, changed occupations. You know, you're still in the game, you know, and still smiling. So. And we've covered so much in in such a short period of time. But uh, as we we wrap up today, man, what is something that that I just haven't asked you about that you think would be really germane to to our listeners, you know, be really
0: helpful to them along the journey? Yeah, you know, I guess like people like wondering how to get started, like what's the fastest way to get started? You know, I guess like what's like, I don't know, what's the fastest way to get started? You know, how can someone do this with a full-time job? And three kids and a wife or a husband, like, you know, I just say like time block, take action. There's a saying out there, take massive, imperfect, violent action. I just say, take small baby steps every day. I call them small wins. You know, today we're going to pick an area where land is in demand. Tomorrow we're going to mail landowners that have parcels like that in demand and then we're just going to keep mailing and keep mailing like five letters a day 20 maybe 20 letters a week until we get someone that says listen i will sell you the land and then you get that land under contract for as cheap as possible for as long as possible when i say under contract i mean a purchase agreement mm-hmm. like if anybody needs a purchase agreement go to the landsharks.com forward slash contract take mine run it by an attorney make sure it's okay to use in your state like be careful with that
1: what about courses on your website? Are there, are there courses that, that people can take that
0: they want to get into this? So I run a, a community called The Land Sharks. We can only take on about five to seven people a month. We have people coming in. If, if, if someone's really interested in changing their life, like I want you right now to go to thelandsharks.com, fill out an application. We can't take everybody. So if you're one foot in, one foot out, don't even fill it out. Like I, mm-hmm. I only have so much capacity Like because I have my land business, my family, and the yeah. coaching, and the, we're trying to travel. We're going to Costa Rica here in a couple weeks for six weeks. But it's because of the lifestyle freedom. So I haven't had a real job since 2018. Uh, if you would ask me in like 2017, when I was in the military, if I would have like the passive income coming in and be able to do the things I want to do. Like today, I think I ran almost six and a half miles trying to keep up with my son on his bike. Like I wouldn't have been able to do that a few years ago. Yep. Yeah, man, I, I'll tell you what I'd. It's exciting
1: times in so many different venues, you know, to start something on the side and and amazingly, a lot of these grow to the point that they take over your, your main gig, you know, and you can flip that tire build that your lifestyle around, you know, whatever you want to want to be, be doing for sure but uh, Brent, thanks again for just taking time today and just sharing with us uh, late on a Friday afternoon as you're heading into a weekend, but just thank you. And as you mentioned earlier in the, in the podcast, just thanks for sharing your, your heart and your mind with us and and just helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Brent, have a great weekend. Thanks again. God bless
0: Kevin. Thank you. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.